We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. We are here to get you all up to date. After 12 training camp practices for the Chicago Bears and a preseason game looming, I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I've been at Hallis Hall for pretty much every single practice the past two weeks, and now we're getting ready to actually get into some game action. And uh, before we know it, we'll be into the NFL regular season. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, as we kind of get into this, um, we were talking before the podcast started we're pretty much wrapping up training camp here. I mean, Thursday and Monday will be the final two practices at Hallis Hall. They're open to the um, public. And the Bears go to Indianapolis, and then they have joint practices ahead of their preseason game against the Colts, which will be preseason game number two. Um, and, yeah, I mean, here we are. We're getting closer and closer to the regular season now, about a month away. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, we're just talking about that. And then you look at the schedule, and I looked it up. It's funny because Monday's actually technically closed to the public. It's another one of those community invite days. And like you were talking about, it's probably going to be a walkthrough because then Tuesday and Wednesday, they're doing the, the joint practices with uh, – I, I guess, sorry, Wednesday, Thursday, they're doing yeah. the joint practices with the Colts. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, like training camp's exciting and the fact that football's back and you know like there's just a certain feeling especially if you really follow the nfl you really follow the bears or whatever your favorite team is but it's like when you really zoom out it in the grand scheme of things it means very little in terms of we're talking about this too before we started recording it's like it means so so little uh you know in translating into the regular season because it's like you know, once the Bears start their preseason slate on Saturday, like they have three games in a, in a span of 14 days. Like they play basically, they play Saturday, 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 and that is it. And then by the next, that the that following Tuesday after that last preseason game, they got to make all the roster cuts. They got to go from 90 to 53. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be for as slow as the buildup is with the ramp up period and everything else, like for as slow as the buildup is, man, once these preseason games get started, 
it is bang, 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 bang. Like it is, it, it happens quick. Uh, you know, roster decisions will be, will be made. Um, and then obviously after that will be the waiver wire period, which again, we'll dive into that here in a few weeks. Cause I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously you've been there for these practices, so you're going to have a much better idea than me, but I mean, I'm looking at this roster right now and outside of maybe a few quote unquote surprise cuts of guys like, you know, Travis Gibson or Kendall Vildor, um, I don't know how many open roster spots they're going to have to go out on the waiver wire. I mean, maybe one or two players, but I think for the most part, I think we have a, a relatively good idea outside of injuries, of course, a relatively good idea of who's going to be on this roster. And, you know, just kind of seeing you guys' you know, reports over the last few days, it's, it sounds like it's been a pretty good back and forth between the offense and defense. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been days where, you know, the offense has won. There's definitely been days where the defense has won, um, you know, obviously, of course. But, um, you know, for me, it's like looking at this and it's more like up and down for the offense. And I think Wednesday, as we're recording this Wednesday night, today's practice um, really was a perfect example of that. I think actually kind of the last couple practices where the Bears have had some struggles um, you know, in team drills, you know, the high red zone today, they struggled the first one, the second high red zone, um, they did a little better in, um, they struggled in team uh, 11 on 11s um, during practice, kind of responded with a nice drive in the under two minute drill, uh, 140 on the clock, their own 30, it starts with a sack, Justin Fields then connects with DJ Moore on, on like a 30, 35 yard pass, beautiful throw. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's been ups and downs that that'd be kind of my storyline. Um, nothing to panic though. It's not like bad where I'm like, Oh man, Justin Fields is going to stink. It's nothing good where I'm like, yep, he's ready to take that next level. It's just, it's been up and down. And I think we're gonna have to wait till the regular season and hope that he does take that next step. There's, there's been flashes where you'll see, you know, really good, accurate throws and you'll see the ball placement's really good. And he's targeting his receivers, putting it where his receivers can catch it. Then you'll see some throws where it's like, okay, yeah, he, he he's not ready. Um, so, yeah, I, I think getting in these preseason games, getting this regular season um, going, I, I think we'll see if Fields is going to take that step. But that's kind of, you know, been the theme for me. It's just been up and down from the offense. And I should note as well also, like, there's a lot of install going on. There's a lot of situational stuff. You know, there's third down situations, end of game situations, end of half situations, get out of your own, um, backed up out of your own territory situations, things like that. So there's been that, but, but yeah, you know, overall, nothing to panic. I, you know, I, I'm the, the injury thing is a little eh to me. I mean, they, the bears really don't put out an injury report. They're not required to. And Medibre Flues told us if it's long-term, I'll let you know. They also said that last year, and we really didn't find out much on that either. So, yeah, but in terms of the preseason, man, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see this team. I think this team needs to hit someone. Like, there's been John back and forth, a couple practices. There's a high energy from the defense. Really, man, really no energy from the offense outside of um, Chase Claypool and, and, and offensive lineman uh, Avante Collins, who's been very vocal on the sideline, trying to fire up the team. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Today, the second team offense went down and scored. Tristan Edner had a long 70-yard run, and there was like one guy really screaming and celebrating. You see the defense, you know, make a, a PBU or make a pick, and they're going nuts on that sideline. So I, I think Justin Fields is right. We need some more energy from this offense. But, yeah, getting out there against the Titans will be key. And, and, and I think, you know, there's some – things to watch for. And I think the biggest one is going to be how many reps 
does Justin Fields and the first team offense play? And, you know, Matt Eberflus said he, he's looking for the operation. He wants to see, can they make the handoff? Can they get settled? No penalties. Who's in front of Justin Fields? Can they block and protect? Um, that's kind of one of the big things he's looking for out there on Saturday. Well, it'll be interesting because, I mean, like you pointed out, I think the injuries, albeit maybe not a giant concern at this moment, it's also one of those things where it seems like the injury report on a day-to-day basis is growing and growing and growing. And it started off with defensive linemen. It's moved to offensive linemen. I mean, you're talking Nate Davis hasn't seen a day in pads yet, right? I mean, so you got him. Lucas Patrick has been hurt again. Um, you know, uh, Tevin Jenkins has been kind of in and out. Like, there's just a lot of different injuries going on. And then you had Chase Claypool go down with a hamstring injury today. Look, at least according to what you guys were saying, it sounded like uh, Equinemia St. Brown had some sort of ankle injury today. So it's like, I, I, I think ultimately what this comes down to is I don't think any of the injuries so far have been overly serious, but I think that the Bears, at least in my opinion, and again, this is an outside perspective and just kind of a, you know, more of a guess than anything concrete is I think the Bears see an opportunity right now to at least compete for the division. I think last year, I I don't know that anybody expected them to win just three games, but I think last year was a very clear rebuild year for them where I mean any anybody objectively speaking knew that this was not going to be a good football team and when we spent literally all of training camp and preseason prepping people they were not going to be a good football team it just it kind of goes with it when you have you know 60 million dollars in dead cap space you have a massive roster turnover a brand new regime that's trying to do things their own way it's just that's just what you know what happens and obviously the offseason, um, with the amount of resources that they've had, it definitely sets up a different uh, expectation. I don't know that they're going to be a playoff team or even have a winning record, but I do think in this division, like we've talked about multiple times, this division's wide open. I mean, yes, I know everybody's really hyping up the Lions. I have the Lions as you know the NFC North winner, but at the same time, like to me, it's not like they're a 12 or 13 win runaway favorite here. I think it's one of those things where, you know, they probably, you know, win the division, but it's not because the division's any good. So I think the Bears, at least in my opinion, seem to be taking a little bit more of a conservative approach with the health aspect, looking more towards week one. And and I think that's going to kind of translate into how much we see the first team's on both offense and defense play. I mean, just look at the defense, look at who they had, you know, who was out today. I mean, they had, they have, you know, uh, you know, linebackers have been out, uh, you know, some DVs have been out. Um, you know, you just look at, it's like, you just kind of look all around. And I mean, there's guys that are hurt all over the roster right now. And again, I don't think anything's serious, but at the same time, this is not the time when you want to start rushing guys back. And especially it's like, yeah, we're, you know, we're what, uh, right about, what is it? 30, I guess technically 31 days because people will be listening to this tomorrow. So we're 31 days away from week one. I mean, we're a little over four weeks away from the start of week one. So, you know, it's, I, I think it's, it's going to be a calculated risk. And that's something that, that Matt Eberflus talked about, about, you know, getting the first team, some, some reps on Saturday, like you said, to kind of make sure everything's going as planned and whatever else. Cause I mean, here's the reality offensively and defensively, this term gets thrown around a lot. You're going to hear it a lot it's very vanilla. It, they're just basically going out there. They're saying, you know, you're just going to do basic assignments. We just simply want to see you get out there and play. And I think that there's, there's obviously some benefit to that, but I think in terms of overall scheming and, and what we're going to see from this team this year, we're not going to see any of that in the preseason, regardless of how much the, the, the starters play. So 
there's still a lot to watch for. I mean, there's there's good death battles going on all over the place. There's a few starting spots up for grabs. Like there there are definitely things to watch for. But I think in terms of how much the starters play and how many meaningful players we see over these next three games in, the, in a 14-day span, I, I don't know that I would get my hopes up too much at this point. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the injuries, I think they're going to take it a little cautious. Um, you know, Matty Rufloos, the only thing he's concerned about is, is the continuity on the on the defense, on those guys playing together. But you look, I mean, Tremaine Edmonds sitting out, if it's not a long-term injury, it's not that probably not that big of a deal to him. He's a veteran in this league. Demarcus Walker's a veteran in this league. I think Jaquan Brisker's a guy that um, – He's been out a little bit, but, you know, I think you can kind of rely on him to come in week one and make an impact. We just don't know if they're long-term or not um, with, with any of these guys. Obviously, the one I'd be a little concerned about is, and I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but not having Nate Davis out there again for another practice today um, is a little concerning to me just because I think this line is going to be a key part of Justin Fields, whether he succeeds or fails. And, there's been times in practice that offensive line's gotten their butts whooped. I mean, there was a play, what was it, um, yesterday's practice where the offensive line, two of them were turned around facing Justin Field. There was confusion. Um, there was a screenplay today where they connected to Cleo Herbert. I believe Cody Whitehair like ran into Cleo Herbert and kind of didn't know where to go on that play. I'll, I'll also note this. I've only seen one or two like well-executed screens Um in practice so far and not all of it's on the offense being confused um you know I, I guess Kyler Gordon broke up too I've seen Jaquan Brisker's broken one up but just kind of something I want to note I just I'm, I'm worried about the offensive line because I you know the whole storyline is you would like Justin Fields to become a better passer you don't really want him to run it as much take the checkdowns but when the offensive line's getting bullied, man, it's not a good situation. Today there was four false starts, three by the first team, one by the second team. I think they really need to get in there and work together. Like there's a big difference in Darnell Wright working next to Jatari Carter than there is Darnell Wright working next to Nate Davis. And that's nothing against Jatari Carter. It's his second year in the league and he's barely even played. Um you got a veteran, Nate Davis, that knows he can help Darnell Wright. If, if Wright misses an assignment, Nate Davis is right there to tell him in that huddle, not, you know, day, a day later that night on film study. So I want to see this first-team offense out there. 
today they, you know, Tevin Jenkins left practice for 10 minutes, returned, looked like he got the wind knocked out of him. Lucas Patrick wasn't there today. Um, well, he was there, was not practicing. Nick Davis was not practicing. They're down to a third string um, uh, right guard. We've seen Alex Leatherwood become their second string um, left guard. And, you know, I, I, I just want this offensive line to be in there and, and play a full practice or get some more reps in front of Justin Fields. Yeah, well, and I think that's kind of something that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus have kind of talked about a little bit. Um, and I think Ryan Poles has been a little bit more honest with his answers in terms of, yeah, I mean, the, the continuity is is definitely, especially on the offensive line, is definitely going to be a question, I think, early in the season now. Because, I mean, you're talking about, you know, like I said, Tevin Jenkins has been in and out. I think Cody White here missed a day or two. Um, you know, Lucas Patrick has been hurt again, even though he's a depth guy. And then obviously Nate Davis has not had a, you know, had a day with pads on. And this is coming after he missed the majority of the offseason program. And that's kind of, it's kind of one of those things, man, where, you know, I. And, and yesterday when he returned, it was shells. Yeah. It, it just, it, so it just, it, it, it makes me wonder personally, it's like, is, is this an injury situation or is this simply him saying like, I don't like, I have my own regimen. I don't want to, I don't want more contact than I need or whatever. I, cause it, I don't know. Let's just put it this way. I mean, we both have a friend that knows somebody within the Titans organization uh, that was not overly complimentary of uh, Davis when he came to the Bears. And apparently this has kind of been a thing for him, even in Tennessee uh, with training camp and practices and stuff like this. So again, we'll just have to see what happens. But I mean, at some point in time, man, they need those starting five out there because as we've seen, um, you know, every single season, offensive linemen are prone to getting hurt. So it's like, not only do you need those guys out there for continuity, but, you know, you also kind of want to start getting your your depth situation figured out. And I think right now with Lucas Patrick being hurt again, it's like I just, you know, Alex Leatherwood went out with an injury today, too. I just that is the bigger concern for me because I already felt like this was going to be a unit that was going to be a little rough uh, in the in the early going. And then, you know, usually, you know, by about midseason, you know, start kind of figuring things out. And it almost kind of like the uh, like the Braxton Jones effect from last year, right, where the first like four or five games he was terrible and then he was kind of a little hit hit or miss until you know about mid-season and then from mid-season on he consistently got you know better as as, as the season progressed in that last half of the season and I think that that's the kind of trajectory that you're looking at for this Bears offensive line but unfortunately if those guys can't be in there then it, it becomes a little bit of an issue now here's what I will say is I, I do think it's better for Davis and and Tevin Jenkins and and you know, uh, Lucas Patrick to be missing time than it would be if Braxton Jones and or Darnell Wright were missing time. But I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's been kind of my biggest concern because, yeah, you know, the Bears defensive line has improved from last year. Frankly, it'd be hard not to. But I mean, you're still I mean, you're not talking like the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line here. Like you're not talking like an elite defensive line that the Bears offensive line has been going against. And at least according to your reports and correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like for the most part, the defensive line has been getting the better of the offensive line. And that to me is a little concerning considering how bad the Bears defensive line is still projected to be this year. Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Um, just from all the practices I've been at, you've seen more pressures um, than non. And, 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 you know, the offensive line has had its moments where it's held up. But, you know, the defensive line is, is continually won battles and they're doing it without 
you know, a guy like Demarcus Walker who who hasn't been there the past week or so. I mean, Dominic Robinson's getting key reps there. Um, they're just they're 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 winning the bouts they should be winning, and um, yeah, it, it just hasn't been a great look fully for the offensive line, especially with you know the injuries, and then even when they're out there struggling a little bit, so. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously one thing you want to keep an eye on, um, especially throughout the rest of these practices and in the preseason. Another thing I kind of have my eye on, and it's a, it's a good competition, I think, is that Sam linebacker spot between Noah Sewell and Jack Sanborn. And, you know, I know Jack Sanborn hasn't been out there um, too much. He did return uh, yesterday and today. Noah Sewell's gotten first-team reps with Sanborn out, and – to me, I mean, the, the pass coverage needs a little work. Um, you know, his recognition in zone and, and knowing where his, his help is needs a little work. Today was a perfect example. I mean, there was a play came off the edge, should have had a sack. Um, that was a good. Um, a, a bad play was he was sitting in his zone, and, and DJ Moore got behind him for a nice 10-yard gain. He kind of didn't even really realize that DJ Moore was in that zone um, that he was supposed to be covering. But you know, I, I like Noah Sua. I think he could be a, a steal for this for the Bears. And, and right now, if I had to say it, I think he's probably leading this job um, uh, to win that starting spot. Well, I think you can make an argument right now. And again, all early returns don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But I think you can make an argument for the most part that this this draft class has has really hit the ground running, man. I mean, obviously Darnell Wright is is struggled at times, and you know, Jervon or Gervon Jervon Dexter has, you know, had his moments both good and bad. But, I mean, I think when you look at it, it's like Tyreek Stevenson's probably going to be starting. Uh, Tyrell Smith has been uh, – Tyrell Smith has been good enough to push him in competition to even be in talks to be able to, you know, start. And then it's like you look at Noah Sewell, you look at uh, Tyler Scott. I mean, they're going to have multiple contributors on this team, even if they're not starting right out of the gate. And I think that, that that's a good sign. I mean, I think – you know, you talk about depth on the offensive line. You start talking about depth at some of these other positions. I mean, Noah Sewell was a guy that, frankly, had he come out in the 2022 draft instead of the 2023 draft, you're talking about him as a solidified day two pick. I mean, there were some people that had him as a round one linebacker. I mean, he had a he had a little bit of a rough year last year. But you're talking about a, 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 a big dude that's, you know, relatively athletic, that can go sideline to sideline, uh, that has pretty solid instincts, is really good against the run. And you're talking about getting that guy in the fifth round, man. And, oh, yeah, I forgot about Roshan Johnson, too, who's also going to factor in pretty big. So it's like, I mean, you're talking, you know, out of the 10-player draft class, you're talking about probably at least six, maybe seven, depending on Zach Pickens, of these guys that are going to factor in year one. And I think that, you know, like he pointed out, with linebacker, I think that's a good battle. I mean, you're talking, man, last year, like I – because anytime a a defensive front switches from a 3-4 to a 4-3 or vice versa – you're always going to have that like transition period with the front seven. Like it never fails. I mean, we saw the same thing when the bears went from a four, three to the three, four under Vic Fangio. It took them a few years to be able to get things figured out. Frankly, I thought it was going to take a lot longer for them to be able to rebuild their linebacking core. And, you know, with Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, and all of a sudden you got a guy like Jack Sanborn who looked pretty damn good. I mean, obviously he's limited in some ways, but he looked pretty damn good last year. I mean, he was somebody that I think a lot of people just assumed was going to be the starting Sam. And all of a sudden you have Noah Sewell coming out and impressing as well. So it's like, and again, the same thing at corner, you know, you got two rookie corners battling it out. And I mean, we haven't even talked about the depth chart. I I realize it's unofficial and it doesn't mean a whole lot, but the reality of it is, man, is like, you're talking about two guys that were, you know, 
on the field, like sizable on the field contributors. Now I'm not saying good contributors, but I'm just talking, you know, sizable on the field took a lot of snaps last year and Travis Gibson and Kendall Vildor. And both of those guys are buried at the bottom of the depth chart right now in a 90 man roster. I mean, that should just kind of give you an idea of areas that the bears have improved and, or looking to go in, you know, basically different situations. Now it doesn't automatically mean that either one of those guys won't make the team, but, this is something that we talked about on the podcast before, where when you're looking at, you know, a guy, a depth guy like Travis Gibson, or I, I think Kendall Vildor is the most likely to get cut out of the two. So let's just look at Vildor. I mean, he's making $2.84 million this year versus a guy, let's just say Jalen Jones, who's making $870,000 right there. That's basically a $2 million savings that you can make by simply going another direction on the roster for a guy that's going to hit the free agent market and you're probably not going to resign next year anyway. So I think that those are the kind of things to me that are exciting during the preseason because you kind of get to see some of this stuff play out and you kind of get to see, you know, who's going to end up rounding out the depth chart because as we've seen every single year in football, football is, is a very physical sport. There's going to be a lot of injuries. So you're going to see those guys, especially that are, you know, first off the bench kind of players that are going to be coming in and seeing snaps at some point, And you would like to see that depth improve for as important as it is to have the 22 starters be as top level as possible. You also need quality depth. And I think that that's something that the bears are slowly working towards. And I think that at least to me so far, that's been probably one of the biggest bright spots for me. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and looking at that depth chart, you know, we should say it's unofficial. Doesn't really, I mean, you know, things can change, will change. But yeah, Travis Gibson and Kendall Vador are two guys that it, it did not surprise me. If you read any of my notebooks, I mean, I've stated they've been with the second team, probably bottom of the second team at times too, uh, mixing in with the second and third team when they when they kind of do that. Um, and, and it told me all I needed to know when Demarcus Walker was out, they went Dominic Robinson. Um, they went to Raul Lewis over um, – over, um, oh, man, uh, over Travis Gibson. And – you know, that, that says a lot like that, you know, I know it's only reps and um, Alan Williams and like calling it a depth chart, but those reps, those mean a lot. If, if you're not getting first team reps, um, you know, and, and you're in a position battle and in your fringe roster spot right now, that's not good. Those are two guys I need to see a lot of um, in this preseason because time's running out for them. I mean, we're, we're going to be approaching cut day here the next month. So they, they, they got to kind of show up and it wouldn't surprise me to see both of them, you know, maybe move on. I am worried a little bit about that backup, maybe nickel spot a little bit. Um, 
on defense. But, you know, other than that, I mean, like we've seen, like they have DeMarcus Walker, they have Yannick Ngakwe now, they have, um, you know, they have depth, they have Dominique Robinson, um, they have guys on the edge, you know, Terrell Lewis, um, that, that can come in and, and make an impact. And, you know, that makes guys like Travis Gibson expendable. It does. And I, and I think, again, I think it speaks to the depth of, you know, the, the building depth that this team has. And I think it also speaks to um, the, just the overall turnover that this roster seen over the last two years. I think when it's all said and done, I mean, they're going to have 10 players, maybe 11, um, very likely 10 from the, uh, from the Ryan Pace era still on this roster after two off seasons. I mean, that gives you an idea right there about just how, serious they were about turning this thing over and, and again i think that that on the other side of the coin that's also kind of something to keep in mind moving into the early part of the season where it may take some time for this team to meld together a little bit there are a lot of new players especially starters i mean you look at the defense i mean you're going to have at least two new starting linebackers you're going to have it you know you're going to have a, a a new starting corner uh, you're going to have, you know, multiple new starting defensive linemen. Um, and then you, again, you look at the offensive side of the ball. I mean, the, uh, the offensive line as a whole, even though there's only going to be two new actual starters for those guys going to be playing brand new positions versus what it was last year. So it's like you start looking at that and Chase Claypool is obviously not a, you know, a new guy per se, because he was acquired midway through last season, but he's still somebody that didn't start the, you know, start on the roster. Their running back room is completely remade outside of, uh, you know, outside of Cleo Herbert, I mean, there is a lot of change, uh, even at the, the tight end room. Cole Komet's the only remaining tight end on the roster from last year. I mean, Jake Tongas got cut uh, with an injury designation and the same thing with Chase Allen. So it's one of those situations where I think when you're really looking at the, you know, just the overall roster, it, it's going to be a very new look thing. Now, here's what I'll say about the offense. I think that and this is something that you could speak more towards, obviously, because you've been there and I'm just kind of going off of what I've seen. It does seem like the Bears have been working the short and quick game a lot more. And I think that I, I think obviously the offensive line is going to be important. I'm not discounting that at all. But I think having the right pieces for Luke Getze to be able to do what he wants to do offensively is going to be huge. And now that you have a guy like Chase Claypool that you can move around, now you're going to have a healthy Darnell Mooney. Now that you're going to have Robert Tunyon that can be that move tight end for you. And Mercedes Lewis is the, you know, the blocking tight end. And obviously you still got Cole Komet and you've got a better fit with the running backs. I think that that, that alone is going to help the offense, especially from a timing standpoint, if Justin Fields can trust his receivers and get the ball out quick, then having a bad offensive line is not going to be nearly as, you know, as big of an issue, especially in the passing game. And and that, you know, was an area last year that field struggled with, like taking the short game, taking a check down at times um, is the right thing to do. Now he's got the God given ability to turn a play that he should have been sacked more than once in into a long rushing gain. And that, that's fine. You have to trust his instincts same time you know maybe the check down is a better option there live to fight another down um things like that and, and i do think they have focus on the short yardage stuff i've seen some more slants kind of incorporated into training camp practices which has been kind of nice especially since you know we really didn't see a lot of that against um or in the matt Nagy, john fox type era i want to say but yeah they, they have been a little better 
at taking the checkdowns. We're seeing a lot of these shorter throws and drills, two-minute drills, pick up five, six yards here, picking up chunks as we move down the field. And, you know, I, I think fans like the deep ball. They like the highlights. There's been, you know, completions over 30 yards, 35 yards. That's been grand. But there is, in my eyes at least, I've seen some improvement um, in taking the short yardage stuff and and working, you know, these short yardage situations and it's not just DJ Moore. It's, 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 it's every guy. And I think that'll be an improvement. Get the ball out quick. You know, I, I think Saturday is a good preseason game. If they call some passing plays, especially if the bears have some injuries in the offensive line, it's a good, good exercise for Justin Fields to, okay, take the snap, drop back, um, look at his first read. Let's get the ball out quick. Let's not take a hit. Um, you know, I, we don't want to see Justin Fields, on the ground. We saw what happened when he faced the Bills um, in that preseason game where he got just massacred on that one hit um, by the linebacker. So get the ball out, go through your reads. And I think, you know, we've seen a little a little progress from what I can tell here in training camp. Yeah, well, and that's – and that's I, and I think, you know, and obviously we both feel the same way. Greg Braggs is awesome over at CHGO, but he, he – tweeted out i think it was yesterday and again keep in mind like as we're recording this this is on a wednesday and most people probably not gonna hear this until thursday maybe friday so on tuesday he tweeted out that justin fields has been struggling with the deep ball and he's starting to get a little bit concerned and while i understand what he's saying i think that you know the bigger key here to focus in on is the fact that justin fields has been checking the ball down now normally you know, in an established offense on seven on sevens and, you know, 11 on 11s, you don't really want to see a bunch of checkdowns because that's usually not a great sign. But I think in this particular instance with him checking the ball down, with him attacking the middle of the field with both, you know, DJ Moore, Darnell Moody, Chase Claypool, I think that's a good thing because the Bears were terrible on those short and intermediate passes. They were terrible on screens, which doesn't sound like that's improved at all. But again, at the same time, and that's another thing to kind of keep in mind with all this, like, you can only judge the offense so much, one, because it's practice, but two, they're not like it's really hard to do anything run game oriented and practices like this, right? So it's just, it's again, it's just not the full picture. But I think more than anything, kind of going back to what, what Greg was saying, it's, it's one of those things. Justin Fields has one of the better deep balls in the game. He's had one of the better deep balls in the game going back to his days at Ohio State. Like, I'm not remotely worried about Justin Fields finding the deep ball, even if it takes him a game or two to really get it figured out. Because the reality of it is, on deep ball situations, on explosive plays like that, you're talking about, you know, a good quarterback is accurate about 40% of the time. Like, it just is what it is at this point. The fact that they're really drilling the shorter passes, the quicker decision makings, the quicker releases, the the footwork, the timing, that is what's going to be big. Because, I mean, all you got to do is go back and look at Green Bay's offense over the last few years, right, with Aaron Rodgers and, and, and that offensive scheme, which is a very similar scheme to what the Bears are going to be running. And outside of the personnel aspect, what you really saw in terms of like the differences and how the, uh, the, the offense is operating again, this is not me comparing Justin Fields, to Aaron Rodgers at all. I'm just simply talking about the operation standpoint of it. Aaron Rodgers had the ability and we saw this against the bears a lot, even when their offensive line was down like three starters, Aaron Rodgers had the ability to take a three-step drop, get rid of the ball, three-step drop, get rid of the ball. It, there was, there were, there was never a, a bunch of, you know, sitting back in the pocket, waiting for guys to get open, letting things develop downfield, whatever it was like they, Dude, they ran a lot of slants. They ran a lot of quick, easy passes, which then opened up everything else. And I think that's pretty much what the Bears are going to be trying to do this year. They're still going to be relying upon the run game a lot. 
But I think that the short and intermediate game is where Justin Fields, I think if he can take a step or two above what he was over the last two years, I think that that is where his biggest gains are going to be made because then, you know, defenses aren't going to be able to sit back and too high and be able to wait for him to throw the ball deep. They're going to have to defend the middle of the field. They actually have the personnel for that now. So I think that that's just the kind of stuff to keep in mind where, you know, you can only grade. And this is, I would be saying this positive, negative, whatever, up and down. It doesn't matter. Like you can only grade the passing offense so much in these kind of situations. Seven on seven to me is pointless. And I think you would agree with that. I, I mean, a lot of NFL coaches are going away from seven on seven because it's just pointless. But even on the 11 on 11 stuff, you're not consistently running the ball. Like the, the run game isn't consistently a part of these practices for obvious reasons. Um, the same way that pressure and everything else isn't. So it's it's one of those things where the screen game, everything else, like there's only so much flow that can happen in these type of practice situations. And I think that that's, again, it's football. And I, I know everybody's glad it's back. I'm glad it's back too. But I think it's something to kind of keep in mind over these next 30 plus days where we can feel like we know what's going to happen or we have a good idea or we're getting a glimpse into the future of what the Bears are going to look like. But at the same time, the Bears' offense was absolutely awful all of training camp last year, even though people want to somehow magically forget that that was the thing and everybody was getting super defensive. But it was the truth. You reported it. A lot of people reported it. It was what it was. I don't think any of you guys foresaw the run that the Bears had midway through the season when they changed up the entire offense, the run that they had where they were scoring a good amount of points, Justin Fields was extremely efficient. Um, I don't think anybody could have foreseen that based on the preseason that we saw and based on the training camp we saw. So again, we're living in the moment, we're enjoying the moment, but don't read too much into the moment because when it comes down to it, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Yeah, you know, I, I agree too. And I, and I think it's just, I think everyone is just ready for regular season games and everyone even is even regular ready for uh preseason action i think that'll be kind of a uh a good little preview not really what to expect um but kind of just you know get our first look at, at this team and 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 um what to kind of expect moving forward in, in terms of the starters and, and key players you know second string um when they do play so yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much covers it off right now, um, Aaron. We'll be back next week. Obviously, we'll have some stuff to talk about. We'll have a preseason game to kind of break down as well. Um, and then training camp will be kind of uh, wrapping up. I'll be in Indianapolis, uh, you know, watching the, the joint practices, covering the joint practices. So that'll be kind of a fun experience. And I'll have a full report on the Bear Report, and we'll do a podcast on it as well. But um, was there anything else you wanted to add, Aaron? No, not really, man. I think, I mean, we're just, we're finally getting to that point. I, I would say, you know, buckle up. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a pretty, you know, action packed next few weeks with the, you know, obviously the preseason game this week and then joint practices. And then again, I mean, there's going to be three, three games in the, in a two week span and then, you know, roster decisions and all that. And there's going to be that, that extra added week of a gap in there um, before week one starts. So I'm ready, man. I'm I'm definitely I I know it's the same cycle for me. It's the same cycle every year, right? Where it's like you get stoked on training camp and then like a week in the training camp, you're like, okay, this is getting too repetitive. Let's get to the preseason, you know, a game into the preseason, maybe a game and a half into the preseason. I think everybody's ready for it to be over with, and then it's just on to the regular season. But again, we're getting close. I mean, 
basically by the time people listen to this, it'll be four weeks away from the the season opener with the uh, with the Lions and and the, and the Chiefs. So it's 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 creeping up there, man. At least at least you have baseball to enjoy. I, I can't even do that right now. I just I'm, <laughs> the, just the TV is not on in this house most of the time. Well, how's football be back soon? That is true. I'm. Yeah, I don't man. know how Oklahoma's going to do, but we'll find out. But yeah, either yeah. way, man, I, it's it's exciting. Um, and you know, hopefully for anybody who's in the southern states, <laughs> like I am, hopefully, uh, hopefully the weather starts cooling down too, because this is not fun. Yeah. No. 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 Um, welcome to follow you on Twitter at Aaron. Yep. You can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just. Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. As always, please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Helps out our podcasts as well as picks for polls. Until next week, everyone, please stay safe and please stay healthy.